we'll just try to continue on going as as uh, informal as, as possible here just to make sure that we uh, keep this vibe going that we already have here. Sometimes Absolutely. People, sometimes I hit the live button, people want to clam up. I, I don't like No, that. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. So, all right. So, um, yeah, so I just want to have a great conversation about uh, your your time, your career uh, in the FD, as you as you as you mentioned, or at least what we were talking about before I hit the live button here is uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know any fi female firefighters, you know, and I certainly don't know any black female firefighters. <laughs> well, I know one now, so. Oh, right, there you go. <laughs> so, so I think it's I think it's definitely something that worth that is worth exploring and, and talking about and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we do have a we do we have a viewer have a here. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, I want to welcome you, uh, Shelly Carter, uh, Captain, retired Captain, uh, MS. Uh, we're, you got a lot of initials behind your name. What are you, MS, MPA? What are you? What are you? MPA. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just Shelly. Okay. Um, I'm just Shelly Works, yes. Okay. Okay. So uh, if you would, just take a moment just to kind of introduce yourself and tell us about who you are, who you is, and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, so I'm Shelly Carter, the one and only. Actually, I Googled, I Googled Shelly Carter once, and it was a woman that murdered her husband. So that's not me. That's somebody else. <laughs> Um, I'm actually the good one, so I, uh, <laughs> the other one, the other one. <laughs> the other one. There you go. Maybe maybe she had a reason for murder. I forget it. Anyway, um, <laughs> I um, so I'm a mom. I have five amazing sons, and I'm a, a wife to an amazing husband. And I uh, had a amazing career as a firefighter for the city of Hartford Fire Department in Hartford, Connecticut, and. I retired literally three weeks ago uh, after 21 years, nine months of service for the fire department. And Not like you were counting or anything. Listen, I was taking it down to days and minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I retired and kind of unexpectedly. I wasn't really planning to retire, but um, the the opportunity presented itself. And so I did 21 years, nine months. Uh, I sat as the only black female captain in the history of the department on in operations. So I was actually, I was a captain of a house, engine company 10, whoop, whoop, go 10s. Um, and I had amazing officers and firefighters under me that we worked together as a team. Um, and, you know, it's, it's amazing because I, I consider my life just my life. It's kind of my normal, but everyone else thinks it's pretty cool. And so, um, yeah, I love being a firefighter. I love running into burning buildings. I love driving the fire truck. Um, I love rescuing people. If I had the opportunity, I, I love helping. I love uh, teaching and leading. So it's just kind of who I am. Uh, very good. Very good. So there's, there's a lot to, uh, uh, yeah, uh, there's a lot to to unpack there. So Chris, uh, Chris has dealt a lot with the fire department and uh, and um, um, uh, EMS. What was I on the <laughs> brain fart there? So we, oh, okay. Chris and I, also worked in uh, in communications uh, dispatch uh, okay. uh, together. So uh, good guy. He's always uh, very much a, a great supporter of the show, and I appreciate him for that. Thanks, uh, yeah. So I had an unplanned retirement too. But, They've heard my stories. We want to hear about about your unplanned story. Ooh. 
So let's so let's start at the beginning here. Did you always growing up? Did you always want to become a, a firefighter or? No, <laughs> didn't. Never even thought about it. I'm the girliest girl I know. Let me just tell you, <laughs> if they had pink turnout gear, then I would be wearing the pink turnout gear. Okay. Um, but they didn't make it that way. And so when I joined the the fire service, I um, I'm out also an an optician. So I I had been an optician before the fire service, and. I literally was pushing my son down the street um, and he saw a fire truck and, you know, kids see a fire truck. They kind of go crazy. I was pushing them in a the stroller and the guys on the ramp said, at, at, actually at engine 10, the guys on the ramp said, Hey, come in, uh, let your son see the fire truck. And I was like, no, 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 it's okay. I don't want to disturb you guys. You guys are heroes, rescuers. Da, da, da. I can't come near you. And they were like, no, come let him see the fire truck. And so, <laughs> I, they talked me into it, and while I was standing there, while he was playing on the tr with the guys in the fire truck, the one of the uh, officers or firefighters, I'm not sure, talked me into taking the test. He was like, "You should go take the test. They're hiring." I'm like, "I can't do that. I'm a girl." And he was just like, "No, they need women, and you know, you can do it, and they train you, and this and that." I'm like, "I can't do that." And he just was like, and he literally talked to me over an hour convincing me to go take the test and i was like okay i went home and i told someone that was at home i said hey this guy was telling me about this fire department thing what do you think and he laughed and he was like you'd never pass the test anyway you know and i was just like hold on a minute hold on like no, wait a wait minute man, wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> hold on a minute you know <laughs> And so I, I called my sister Vanessa and I was like, you know, she had been in the police service. She was an administrative assistant for many years in the police for the uh, chief of police in Harvard. And she said, take the test, Shelly. What, what can it hurt? So I was like, ah. So what I ended up doing was I said, well, I'll take the test for police and fire. And whichever one I come out better on, I'll look into. So I studied for the police test, never opened a book for the fire test. I got a much higher grade on the fire test and ended up looking into, because I didn't expect that they were going to hire me because I had zero background. And the chiefs, clearly I impressed them in some type of way. I did well on the test and they hired me as a, a instructional firefighter. And there you go. What'd you say? Uh, uh, a, a, structural, a structural firefighter. So a firefighter goes into structures. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to show a profound amount of ignorance and because I don't know, I don't know the difference between a truck and a ladder and, okay. and engine and all. I, I don't know. I mean, okay. and, uh, you know, you know, as cops, we would kind of stand around kind of looking and stuff, you know, you know, right. Yeah, we did, but, but we didn't know. We, yeah. we didn't. Know. Some, some guys may know between a truck and a ladder. So, so could you so, tell us, could you tell yeah, me? Absolutely. So <laughs> okay. a truck, truck usually in the fire service world a truck is isn't a ladder company is a ladder truck so that they are equipped with most of the ladders and uh, uh um forcible entry and um heavy rescue equipment on a ladder truck so when i say truck it's a ladder truck when i say engine it's the truck that carries the water okay so right. the so the ladder truck carries some water but the engines are the ones with the hose lines and we're the ones that go in and actually put the fire out. Where the truck companies do forcible entry, search and rescue. They cut holes in roofs. But I like to say on on um, in the engine company world, we actually do the job. 
we put the fire out because everything goes gets better once the fire goes out. Correct? So you can cut as many holes as you want. But until the water gets on it, <laughs> oh, my guys is going to kill me if they hear this. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say you started a lot of trouble. You came out of this show to start a lot of trouble. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, okay, so so that, that, that really... Okay, so is there a rivalry between okay, you guys who just go around carrying water, and there's you guys are going inside the and you were hired to be a, a going inside, so you were on the truck, then right? I was on the engine. We, okay. We're all structural firefighters, okay. Um, okay. some of so there's several different jobs in the fire service. So we have investigators, and we have um code enforcement officers, and we have special services units that help people who have been displaced by fire and all these different things. I was a structural firefighter, so I was actually meant to go in to fight the fires. Now, um, I, th I thought, I thought, <laughs> I thought that when you started that, okay, that was kind of like the entry level position, and then eventually, you know, you knew someone, and then you, you got code enforcement, or you got. He said whatever. you knew someone. Well, hopefully, well, it's not you <laughs> knew someone, because I mean, maybe. Or, so. or is it a test? Is it a test? It's, or, yeah, it's all testing processes, and okay. so it, most all of us do start out as structural firefighters. Okay. Once okay. you've had so many years in the job and you test out, you can go to those other uh, divisions. Okay. Okay, so I wasn't that lost. Then. No, okay. no, no. Okay, uh, Chris says uh, put the wet stuff on the red stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's what i'm talking about that's the engine right there man the, okay uh so so is there a, a rivalry between the engines and the trucks i mean you know is there um no <laughs> you that know that was a very convincing right there that was right, right right well you know we, we can we cross train so you know i could be called to well before i retire i could have been called to operate on a, a ladder company for the a shift or a tour um, but we try to kind of keep people in their lane, if you will. Um, so we train for different types of specialties, if you will. And so like our hazmat teams and our, like I said, our forcible entry teams and our um, heavy rescue teams usually are on ladders. That, that You know, we, we do cross training. We can go to either engine or ladder. Uh, but, you know, most of the time people like the engine. You kind of get... Once you get on the job and you've tried every little nook and cranny of what we're doing, you kind of find your niche and then you you request sometimes uh, being put on an engine or re you can request being put on a truck company. So, uh, okay. So, yeah. So in your time, in your career, did, did you do a lot of uh, kicking in doors, uh, kicking in doors, uh, you know, going through the cutting holes and rules and stuff. Did you do a lot of that stuff? I didn't do a lot because I've always been engine. I've worked on ladder companies, um, but I'm short too. So I'm five four. A lot of our ladder guys are, are, are really tall, big guys um, because they do a lot of the kicking in doors and things like that, um, carrying a little heavier equipment sometimes, all our saws going up ladders. And so uh, pulling ceilings. So, you know, me having to at five, four, having to pull a ceiling may not be as easy as someone who's six, four pulling a ceiling, you know what I mean? And so it, a lot, when we come to drill school, when we go through drill school, most like our instructors, our training instructors will, uh, kind of choose, if you will, the best fit for that new recruit. And usually, not always, we have some shorter guys on the truck companies, don't get me wrong, but a lot of times our, our taller, uh, heavier, bigger guys are on truck companies. Mm. Okay, that, that, that makes 
That makes some sense there. Uh, dancing with the Red Devil. God bless Captain Carter. Thank you so much. Did you do a lot of dancing? Yes. 22 years? Heck yeah, man. Well, it's 21 years and nine months. 28? Yeah. It felt like <laughs> 22, though. <laughs> um, so so you got talked into. That's very, I think, think that's very interesting. You got, you got talked into, um, into that. Uh, so it was a guy that talked you into it. So he was actively recruiting women or 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 is or, I think it's honestly so I'm a person of faith and I just believe God has a plan. And so, you know, I'm sure he like, he was a really good friend of mine on the job. A lot of people don't know how close we really are. Um, because he he would be one of the people, one of the officers that, you know, not a lot of people liked, but he's actually a, a really really intelligent, hardworking man who saw potential. And he was like, you can totally do this. And I guess my message um, with the, you know, being a captain, being an officer, being a firefighter is to women. I literally have taken that ball and, and ran with it, that we can do this. A lot of us don't know that we can. And so I spend a lot of time recruiting women. I was actually just uh, I had to take my son to get his vaccination shot and there was a woman there and I was like, have you, have you ever thought about becoming a firefighter? And she was like, no, the same expression that I get 99% of the time is no, I can't do that. And so, you know, it's, I've taken that ball and I'm like, I, I tell everybody, every female I see young or old, just about, you know, <laughs> go, go take the test because you never know. Uh, listen, you got me wanting to take the test again. You um, need to so, do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about. So you try. You try to get a lot of women there. Uh, they get. They get you this. This. You know. This reaction. No. Uh, let's talk about your training. I mean, they may not. Be, they may be thinking they can't do it because of the physical requirements. What are the physical requirements? And is it different for men and women? No, there's no difference for men and women. Let me say that out loud for the people in the back. We train <laughs> exactly the same. So uh, as a new firefighter recruit, everything that the guys did, I had to do. Um, and so the training for Hartford, not every department is, usually, is different usually, um, but specifically for Hartford, we had to, there was 16 weeks of boot camp basically, and learning absolutely everything there is to know about all of the equipment, uh, tactical um, information, physical agility, um, and just really standard operating procedures, you know, EMS, fire, heavy rescue, any type of thing that we could possibly see, we had to learn uh there's a there's a book component so the classroom uh, component and then there's also the outside uh hands-on training so it was very very difficult it was it was i often say it's the hardest thing i've done outside of giving birth to my children really yes wow yes. Yes. now okay so let's talk about the testing process to become a firefighter okay there was a written component to that yes yes okay. so you have to take you have to pass the written test then you go through a, a, a few uh, interviews, chief officer interviews and chief of department in interviews. And once you're chosen, then you go to recruit training school in Hartford. You go there. I think the hours are from like seven to five or 
eight to five or something like that. And you literally are training all day, every day for 16 weeks, um, minus the weekends. Now for a, another town, I know other towns in the in Connecticut, they send students to the Connecticut Fire Academy mm. where they actually live at the Connecticut Fire Academy during the week and they're able to go home on the weekends. And so a same same type of you know training is just that they have day classes and night classes. Is that 16 weeks as well? Yeah. Uh, COVID might have changed some things, but it's it's about 16 weeks. Uh, so we, we think about boot camp, like, like you think about working out, running, uh, push-ups, sit-ups, all that. Kind of, is that is that done in those boot camps as well? Yes, absolutely. So I know when I was there, and I think they well they don't do it now, but when I was there, we had to run um, three three to six miles in the morning, three to six miles in the afternoon, um, and wow. then we we right. That's a and lot. Then we, <laughs> right. And so I hated running. So <laughs> I was like, I would vomit first, literally, because I had this phobia um, of running. Like I hated it. And so I would I would literally get out of my car in the mornings because we had to stand at attention at roll call. And I would literally, my stomach would flip, but I had to do the run in order to get through the process. And so, and in between those morning and afternoon physical agility or physical uh, trainings, we had to fight fires. We had to throw ladders. We had to do all the physical stuff. So it's not like we, after we ran, we kind of sat back and relaxed. No. Um, or we had to, we have tower, uh, this thing called our, our fire tower. I think it's six stories, five stories. We had to run up and down the stairs maybe 10 times, 15 times. Then you do other things like push-ups and sit-ups and all, anything they, they can think of, you do it. <laughs> anything they can think of. Right. They be making up stuff. Let me tell you, someone, someone in my class, someone ate the lieutenant's or used the lieutenant's ketchup. And we literally had to run towers for that at lunch. It's just ketchup. So it wasn't, it wasn't your ketchup. Uh, are there state requirements uh, for, I mean, for a police officer to, to be, you have to do so many setups, uh, a run in so a certain amount of time. This is the same thing for firefighters. You have to do, you have to be in, meet some it, standard. No, I did. Well, so there's this thing called the CPAT. Hartford does not require that, that you pass the state of Connecticut CPAT. It might be national CPAT, but you do, Hartford has its own, uh, physical agility test. And so I don't know exactly every phase of it because it's been a while, but I do know that you have to uh, be walk on a treadmill, um, walk on the stair, stair climber without holding on with a 50 pound or 75 pound vest on your shoulders for three and a half minutes or something like that. You have to uh, do the dummy drag, which is a 70, 100, don't, don't quote me. Might be a hundred or 175 pound dummy. You have to pull for so many feet um, and everything is timed. Uh, there's the push pull, it simulates pulling a ceiling. You have to do that so many times and, and all of this has to be done. I think it's like six or eight stations and please don't quote me because I, I don't remember it. Uh, you have to do that in a certain period of time. I think it's like 13 minutes. You have to do this entire course. Um, and once you complete that, if you complete that, you, have a, you get a certificate and you are able to um, test anywhere in the state for firefighter and actually New York and, and outside the state as well. Oh, okay. 
uh, law enforcement is going through a, a struggle to get recruits. The fire department is not going through anything similar. Is that correct? It's probably no. a plethora. It's probably a plethora. Of, a of lot individual. of police officers. Well, yeah, I can. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can <laughs> Honestly. I had a friend of mine who was uh, who had gone and he came out. He took the Waterbury test and he came out. He took a couple of tests, but I knew he came out three hundred fifty something on the. Really. On the fire. I'm like. Brother, you need to keep moving on because they're going yeah. to take the first 10 or 12, you know. I got to I mean, plug up my phone. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> no, we were, we're getting a plethora of police officers that are in, that's interested in becoming firefighters. Yeah, well, I mean, all that's going on, I, 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 I can certainly understand why. They want the same amount of pay and benefits. Right, without, exactly. Without uh, having... Uh, you know, urine-soaked uh, uh, sponges and, and bottles thrown at them. Thrown at them, exactly, yeah, exactly. So. Um, so, so how many female firefighters were uh, were there when you were when you were there? And recruit. Uh, well, that's about recruit and during your 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 tenure. Oh, okay, so so we Hartford is an anomaly because we've had we have a lot of female firefighters. I think out of about 350, 380 firefighters, we had currently, well, minus me, I think we're down to 16 now, which is a, a large amount for the Northeast. Most departments only have one or two. like, And so Hartford has tried really hard to encourage women to, to join the department. Um, I was talking to a young lady yesterday, as a matter of fact, she is the first she's i think she's 21 she's the first female firefighter in her town and so you know there's not a lot of us out here yeah yeah uh chris is saying uh more than a few waterbury cops became waterbury firefighters over the years yeah i mean i i think that you i i certainly can understand why i mean yes uh you know it's just it's not easy and so it's not easy physically and it's not easy mentally um outside of you know the the norm that we see people we meet people on their absolute worst days most times um that can wear on you over time so our mental health plays a huge role in how we operate as humans you know when we get home from work when we are playing with our children when we have a uh, communication or relationships with our spouses and our families it's a it's a, it's a very different mindset um than your your average nine to five job in an office building you know what i'm saying and so um it, it's not easy it's not easy and so it's how, definitely even harder for women okay so yeah let's talk about that how 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 do you cope with that how do people cope with that i mean how, how are firefighters coping with that well a lot of us aren't coping well with it which is kind of scary simply because um with as far as firefighters go you know there's a huge well there's a lot of um, drug and alcohol abuse, um, a lot of divorces, uh, a lot of breakups in family dynamics. And that's simply because a lot of our spouses don't understand what we see and do every day. Outside of that, it's hard for firefighters to explain our relationships with our brothers and sisters in the firehouse. So I was married before to a gentleman who had a hard time with me spending 48 hours in a house with three other guys. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you about that, but I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and so, 
you know, not that, you know, women aren't there to, to do anything except our jobs, but having to, you know, try to, you know, having children and, you know, the mom is always the nurturer. Mom is always there when the, the child scrapes the knee type thing. And now we have dad stepping into that role. For women, I can say uh, it's it's really difficult. I, I teach a class about women in, in the fire service. And my first opening statement is normally um, I ask the chief officers, what was your morning like? And so usually the, the answer is I got up, you know, you say you have to be to work at seven. I got up at about 530, took a shower, uh, had a cup of coffee, read the paper, read my phone, whatever, you know, kissed my kids and, and wife goodbye, got in the car, got to work about 630, 645, ready to start my day. Bam. And so my reply to this, well, let me tell you what my morning was like. I have a set of twins at the time. I have a set of twins that are four years old. They're both vomiting in my bed all night because they had a stomach bug. I, I got up. I had to call the doctor's office so that I could get them appointments so that my husband could take them to get to see what's wrong with them. When he got to the doctor, when he got to the doctor, he didn't quite relay the information that I would have told the doctors. Plus, I had my period. So I was cramps and I had headaches and I was feeling nauseous. And then I got to work just before, you know, seven o'clock and I was hit with reports and everything that the guys needed done uh, in my house. That's how my morning went. Now I have to go to work and smile because if I scream and yell um, or if I say I'm, I'm in pain, then I'm not fit for the job. I need to go, you know, they're like, what's, what's wrong with her? She's what's wrong with her, you know? And so, um, it's a very different dynamic. Okay. Uh, you opened up this can, so I didn't yeah. do it. <laughs> you no, that's fine. Uh, uh, so, so some people are going to say, listen, see, this is why, whether you're talking to other, to other ladies, they may say, listen, this is why this may be why I don't want to do the job because I, when they, when you ask them, have you ever thought about being a firefighter? It's great for the benefits and all that, but these are the things that you have to deal with. Now, obviously you had a little extra pressure because you are uh, in the administrative uh, side, but you, you got to go. If, if a, I'm, I'm going to sound very sexist, but I'm going to say it anyway. Right if ahead. a woman, if a, if a woman is, 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 is the nurturer uh, and she's got to do all this with her family, and the guy, as you mentioned, and, and I think you gave a really great uh, a story about this. Guys, just you know, we go to the go to the doctor's office. We don't think about the stuff that that a woman gen generally would. Right. Uh, so I, I got to fill in these roles that I really can't do to the best to the best of my. I'm doing it to the best of my ability, but not to the level it really could be or should be. Right. And 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 now, is is that an argument for women should not be in this role or in certain roles? No. It means that it means that our brothers should understand the difference in dynamic. Period. And so the whole idea is not for me to say that I can't do this job because I have all of these other things out because guys have issues too. You know, you guys have, you know, whatever you're dealing with in your own head. I don't know what men deal with, you know, <laughs> you know, whatever you're dealing with. I don't know. Maybe you got something wrong with your back. I don't really know. Maybe your wife is complaining at, you know all night long with you i don't know well but, that happens right I, i'm just guessing um i don't do that i don't complain all night with my husband so <laughs> i'm a little different but you know what i'm saying so the whole idea is that 
that the, the male firefighter really need, re, needs to understand the difference in, in dynamic, but know that we can still do the job. It doesn't change the fact that when the bell hits and the lights come on, I still have to put my gear on. I still have to have the role of command wherever I arrive on scene. I still do my job. If I'm if I'm in pain or if I'm uncomfortable or you know if I have to take Tylenol, if I have a little bit of an attitude, it's not because I can't do the job. It's because that's who I that's what's happening. So don't label me as the the B word. Don't label me as you know what I'm saying? As someone that's not capable. That's not the the the, the fact. The fact is I'm the same person two days ago when I came here bright, uh, happy, bubbly. It's just things change. Yes. Being capable of doing the job physically, but but there's more to it than just being able to do the job, right? Yeah. The, the physical running into the building, putting water, the, yeah. the wet stuff on the red stuff. There's there's yeah. the administrative part. There's the home, when we get back to the house stuff, there's the interaction stuff. There's so much more to it than that. And so that that, that may be a challenge uh, to getting people to understand that. And of course, you got to do the physical stuff, right? If women are, are naturally less strong than men, you're not going to disagree with that, are you? Say that again. Women are naturally less stronger than men? Not necessarily. I have a few brothers that I probably could pick up and throw across the room. So, Gen Generally. Generally. Okay. I'll, I'll I'm not trying that. to start an argument. I'm just, I mean, no, no, I, and, 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 I don't and I don't think that that's, I don't think that's a negative thing. I, I mean, I don't think that that's, it's, it's, I think a lot of times people, people talk about gender and sex and all that. You know, it's, it's like, you know, somebody should have a backseat. I, I don't believe that at all. I have okay. a mother, I have a, I, I have a daughter and I want them to be everything that they want to be in life. And I don't think that their gender should hold them back. Well, my mother's older, but my, my daughter, I don't think my, <laughs> I don't think her gender should, right. should hold them back from anything. I, I, I applaud the, the, the career that you had. You, you told us that you did everything that these guys did. And I applaud that. And anyone who's fit, fit to do it should do it. There's, right. uh, there's more women. There's a, been a few women, who, uh, who now have uh, graduated from military, uh, uh, um, special forces training. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's there's more female combat pilots, so I'm not saying that women can't do it. I'm, I'm no, just, I believe you. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I just want to explore the things that people go through, and you and you and you're saying this is a different dynamic. And I'm trying to give the ar argument that some people would say that women shouldn't be in these positions, or even even women themselves are saying, which mm -hmm. would internalize and say, I can't do this because of all these things that 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 people or that society puts in in, in my way. I, I, I agree with you to the point that society puts us in a box. Um, and I agree that this job is not meant for every female. It's not meant for every male either. There you go. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. And so, you know, if you have the mental fortitude and the physical fortitude, then by all means, come on and join us. But at least my point is, and, and we haven't talked about my girls camp is, no one told me at 14 I could become a firefighter. Mm, mm. No one told me at 24 I could, you know what I'm saying? I, I joined the department at 29 years old. And so if if I knew that I had the option, then I, you know, I don't know if I would have done it, you know what I mean, earlier on, but it's I just want women to know that there's the option. And so, and again, structural firefighting is not for everyone. Uh 
some people join a department, get on and, and do their first few years in as a firefighter, and then they move on to every into other divisions, which is a wonderful thing. We need all parts of the fire department to make it work and, and to serve the citizens of Hartford. And so it's not for everyone, it's not for every woman, but guys don't get to tell us who who it's for. You know what I'm saying? Because I there's a woman that's you know, a woman that's I don't know. 5'2", 120, 30 pounds, if she can pass that physical CPAT, if she can do the job, by all means, there's a guy that's 5'2", 120 pounds, same thing, you know? And so it's not for everyone, but I want to give the option. I want everyone to know, all the women to know that they can do this, uh, you know? I, I, and I agree with that. I agree with that. I really, I really do agree with that. Chris is saying... And I think, I think a lot of people don't understand that that it's an option and that's what makes me absolutely insane. I wish I had known a lot sooner because I probably would be the chief of department at this point. You know what I mean? So. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I can appreciate you saying that. Um, yeah. Chris is saying the IFF, IAFF uh, is leading the world in caring for firefighters wellness. This, their center of excellence uh, treatment facility is open to all union members. Yeah. If you don't make time for your wellness, you're, you will take, time for your wellness you will take time for your wellness for your illness for your illness pardon the typo so he's saying if yeah. you don't take time for your wellness you'll take time for your illness exactly so, yeah um so so you uh, so let, how how are women accepted now you had uh, obviously and i'm talking about generally i mean you can talk about um, um your heart your department in, in particular because they've done a lot of outreach it seems um but how are women generally treated in fire departments? I mean, is there a national organization of women firefighters or something like that? So, yes, I'm a member and a state representative for women in fire. It's an international association of women in fire and emergency services. Um, how are women treated in fire departments? So let's, let's think about that. Currently, there's about, uh, I don't know, a million plus firefighters in the country. 95, 94% are female. I'm sorry, 94% are male. Six, it, it's, it, it fluctuates between four to 6% are female. Um, some women have an amazing experience, an amazing career without any issues whatsoever. I feel like women tend to have to prove themselves, but a lot of the guys do as well. But the, the spotlight is shown on you if you are the only one. Um, and so how are women treated? Some of them are treated great. Uh, I would say a few more of them are treated not so great. And that's where lawsuits and stuff come in at. Mm. Uh, I mean, listen, it's I know it's a tough question. I, uh, but I mean, it, it, it it's the nature of the beast, right? I mean, you yes. walk into a male-dominated uh, society, and uh, you know, I plan to talk to uh, corrections officers, and I talk to police officers. We we know what it is. <laughs> it, it, it is what it is. Right. Um, so so. Uh, you know it, what? The whole idea is, you know, everybody wants to get, be treated fairly. Yeah. You, yeah. you don't have to even like me, but in a in a business setting. Uh, there are rules and regulations that need to be followed. And so if those rules and regulations are not being followed, then they need to, some attention needs to be brought to that. 
Um, I have been in situations where I was in, got in trouble for doing something that uh, was very minor in nature. And then my male firefighter counterpart did the same exact thing and it was considered a joke or funny. And so um, the, the problem comes in is that when I say, wait a minute, so he just did this last week and no one said anything, then I, be, then I become the labeled person that complains. Why are you trying to bag me? I'm not trying to bag you. I just want to be treated fairly across the board. If you're going to discipline me, you're going to have to discipline him as well. And so until our chief officers, chiefs of departments, city management really understands that and takes that seriously, they're going to have problems with women in the fire service. Bottom line. Uh, well, I appreciate that. That was that was well said. I, I really do appreciate that. I think that's I think that that's all. I mean, you're speaking for women, but you know, I think that all people, whatever profession that we go into, in particular, you know, we talk about emergency medical services. Just treat us, just treat us fairly. You, exactly. you treat this guy. You do this to this guy. Then do it for me. Whether you're black right. or white, Hispanic, uh, right. Asian, whether you're male or female, it doesn't right. matter. Just treat us all the, all the same and, and fairly. Um, the thing is, the thing is with women, no, women don't want to be treated differently. I did not. I hated being treated differently than my brothers. I hated it. I want to be treated exact because in drill school, my first uh, 16 weeks on this new job, you treated me exactly the same way. And when I get into the firehouse, now you're going to switch it up. And so the whole idea, no, nope, I don't want to pass. And most of my sisters don't want to pass. We don't want to pass. We want to do anything that um, that my guys train on. I want to know. You know what I'm saying? Anything that my brothers train on, I want to. I want to do heavy rescue. I want to do core. I want to do um, um, high angle rescue and all that. I want to do that. So don't look at me and say, "Well, we're just going to put you in the in the logistics section so you can type in the information." That's not cool. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because women don't, we don't want to pass. Mm. You, we want to be, we want to do our job and we want to train and learn just like everyone else. And so a lot of, a lot of times I found in my 20 something years is that, you know, until I was screaming and hollering, the guys were like, oh, that's just Shelly. That's just Shelly. No, this is. And so I took the, I, you know, I became, let me just explain my, my career. I came in as a firefighter took the test uh, years later and became a driver, one of the first two female drivers in the history of the department. They were like, oh my God, someone gave her the answer to the test. No, I just studied. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I studied and took the test. After that, um, um, I was driving an engine. My One of the officers that I was driving did not, he wanted to retire because I was going to be a driver. He was like, I, we can't have women driving. That's insane. Why? I, I drive my car. <laughs> you know I mean? what's the difference um so but eventually see my personality my my uh personality and this is what i would say to other women and other women in the fire department i don't scream and holler i'm not going to argue with you i'm going to show you what the rules and regulations are i'm going to do my job with excellence and to the best of my ability um and if you have an issue then that's your personal issue um after i became a driver and I, I ended up uh, winning that officer over, actually. He's he's actually a good friend of mine today. And so it's simply because I smiled a lot and ignored stupid. I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna engage in stupid. 
you know, at the end of the day, my job as a driver was to get you to the scene, get water to you because you were on the nozzle on the pipe and make sure that the pumps were running properly. That's what I did. Um, and that you can't dispute that. You can't dispute that I, I did my job. Um, once I became a driver, I took another test and I became a lieutenant. And as a lieutenant, I took the test for lieutenant in training, lieutenant in special services, lieutenant on the line, and lieutenant in the fire marshal's office. And I chose, I came out well on all tests. So I had an opportunity to choose where I wanted to land. And I landed in the fire marshal's office. Once again, it's not just the fire department that uh, tried to put us in a box as a female. I would go to do an investigation uh, or a uh, code enforcement uh, inspection at an apartment building. And I would have the owners go, okay, so where's the, where's the, um, the guy that's coming to do the, I'm like, I'm the person. And they're like, no, no, no. They're like the real ones. <laughs> it's like, I'm the real one, you know? Um, and so it's not just the fire service that put us, try to put us in the box. It's the community at large because they don't really realize that we do this job. Um, and so I had to prove myself there and I did, I did my job and I did it well. And then I tested again for captain. And so again, training line, um, and, uh, the fire marshals, fire marshals test. And I, I chose to go back to the line because I knew where, what my goal was. My goal was to become a chief officer. And so in order for me to do that, I need to have my finger on the pulse of what was happening in operations. Um, because operations is the largest part of our, our departments. And so I went back to the line. The guys were like, are you crazy? It's like, no, I'm going back to the line. I want to see, I want to go back to what I was doing and I love firefighting. And so, so currently I, I have a fire marshal uh, certification. I have, you know, I have a master's degree. I have tons of certifications and since I've retired, I became an operations and training manager for Homeland Security. Once again, there's never been a woman that sits in this position in the state. So somebody's got to open the doors, you know? Very good. Congratulations. Congratulations. I, I, I appreciate uh, your, your uh, career there. Um, I want to ask you about the history of, of firefighting. Um, is anybody ever talked about the history of firefighting? And I, I know very little about it. I, I did read a book one time that was talking about law enforcement and it brought up the history of firefighting. So is there, is that talked about in the police academies or any um, fire academies or whatever? <laughs> um, <laughs> not really. I don't think they talk about the history that much. I do know that Ben, ben Franklin, Benjamin Franklin, um, Philadelphia, started i believe the first fire brigade now i don't know if chris is listening but if he can it, <laughs> i'm gonna phone a friend on this one um, <laughs> and so basically i believe that's the, the history of there was fire brigade and there was fires in the towns and they would gather up the men of the town the men the men the men of the town and fill the buckets up with water and um you know do a whole the line to put the fires out. Now, many, many years ago, when there was still slavery, there was the first female, from what we understand in our history books, uh, was a black female slave named Molly Williams. She was the first black female 
or female firefighter and her her master uh, was part of the fire department and she helped with putting the fires out. And so that is the history of the fire service as far as women go. But that's okay. on record. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I don't even know if I should mention this, but I, I think I read something and this could be totally wrong. Uh, and that's why I'm asking. I was trying mm -hmm. to defer to someone else's expertise is, uh, and I, I believe I read that um, fire departments uh, were mostly run by, by African-Americans um, on a voluntary type of basis. And then when they sought to professionalize, that's when they were taken away from African-Americans and given to, uh, and given to white, white, white males, essentially. And that's, that was something that was given to them. I don't know if you could verify that or you ever heard. That I haven't read that, but I do know that, um, and from what I understand, initially fire departments were uh, run by Irishmen, mm. um, very much blue collar um, uh, jobs where they didn't, where like the businessmen didn't want anything to do with it because it was it was below them basically. Right. Right. Same thing for the police department. That's how Irish filled up police to police and fire departments is because right. it was considered beneath them. So we're going to take it away from black people, well, not law enforcement, but but particularly for fire departments, we're take right. it away from from, from the African-Americans uh, and give them something to do, give them a job. And that's how they dominated fire and police. Exactly. That's that's the, that's the story that I, that I heard or that, read. That's that, basically that, where I'm where I'm at as far as yeah. with the Irish. Um, and so, yeah, the Irish, there's a huge Irish population or there was, I don't know what it is now, but in the fire. So, well, this think about that. Um, usually when I walk into a room, first of all, there's only been, I can count on maybe, maybe two hands now, maybe six or seven black female chiefs of departments in our country, in the history of our country. And so there's never been one in the state of Connecticut. There's never been one, a black woman. We, in the state of Connecticut, I think we had one black female, I'm sorry, white female chief of department uh, in the history of the state. And she's now retired. So we've never had a chief of department black female. Um, I actually turned down two chiefs jobs to, to take the job with Homeland Security. And that's simply because it was just the timing was right for me for this particular job. Doesn't mean to say that I may not go back there, um, but it was at least my goal was to become a chief and to be offered the position was phenomenal. And so, uh, you know, I can say that I've, I've opened that door. If it's not me, it's gonna be somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Um, the whole idea is when I went in for my interviews as a chief officer, a chief of department, rather. Um, I went, at the time, I definitely wanted the jobs, but I also went for the interviews because I, they had never interviewed a black woman for this type of position. Just think about that. They'd never interviewed anyone that looked like me to run a department, ever. And so it, it was very hard, very uh, rigorous interview interviewing process. But I wanted to show my white brothers because I don't think anyone black ever interviewed me, to be honest, it, that I can remember. And maybe if it was, it was one. But I wanted to share with my black brothers that we are out here. I mean, with my white brothers that we are out here. 
and we are articulate and we are very capable. We have the resumes to match, you know, the match, the, the, um, the job that job requirements that's, you know, they're trying to give to a lot of times all white males. And so it's time guys. Mm. So, and I appreciate you doing that. You, you're out there setting an example. Um, and uh, being that that face that people can see, uh, so you started an academy to to let people see you, or 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 to encourage young ladies to think about this as a career, to give them that choice and that option. Right? Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So I, at 15 years of service, I was like, I look back and I realized that, wait a minute, what mark have I let left on the city of Hartford, and or in the, in this the Northeast, if you will. Um, and I noticed that, you know, my whole point for creating a girls firefighter camp was to introduce the career of police and fire EMS to young ladies. Uh, and so they have had other camps around the country, very few, maybe three or four, not that many. And I was like, I need to do this in the Northeast. We don't have any women that are that can run that have run a department. It's time, and so I I created Girls Future Firefighter Camp, and uh, initially was told that it was a joke, and that it was a waste of time, and that I was trying to create my own fire department, which is so dumb, that <laughs> you know, but I ignored it. And the goal was to introduce police fire EMS to women, young ladies, ages 13 to 18, so that they can have the option. I was not trying to create firefighters. That is not my goal with Girls Future Firefighter Camp. My goal is to open the door and introduce it to them. And so since my camp started, um, I've had, we've had two young ladies, two or three young ladies become EMTs. We've had about five young ladies become uh, firefighters, whether volunteer or, or paid. And I'm moving forward. COVID kind of shut us down, of course, for last year. But this year, Girls Future Firefighter Camp is back. And we anything that I've done in my career, like all the stuff I was saying, I was a driver a, um, and a lieutenant, fire marshal. I teach every single thing I've done in my career to these young ladies so that they know that there's options out there. If they don't want to become a firefighter right out of high school, go to college and take up some code enforcement college classes or some fire investigation classes. And University of New Haven is huge for that. And then, you know, think about it and you know that the option is there. Very good. Very good. Well, thank you for your service. Thank you for what you're doing for the young ladies. Uh, it certainly gives them uh, some options certainly get them some options and yes. congratulations on your new job uh, with the Department of Homeland Security. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so what would you, uh, so, so tell us uh, some, uh, try to end this off on a light note here. Uh, tell us some, some good police jokes that you guys tell in the fire department. Oh Lord. How <laughs> <laughs> you know, y'all know we tell those jokes. Oh, listen, <laughs> listen, we, we, we know, we know, <laughs> we know. Oh man. You know what? It, I, most of them are donut ones. I mean, <laughs> um, I don't remember now though. Like, I I can't spill the secret because it's kind of right. <laughs> it's cold. Like, you can't you can't tell all the the good stuff to the cops. You know what I mean? One time, one time we were one time th I, this guy got in trouble for this. He was a uh, there was a fire or something like that. I think it was a is it a house fire or car fire? 
and the guy gets on the radio and he says, uh, "Yeah, wake the fire department up and let's." <laughs> like, what? what? <laughs> we all were dying, yeah, but you know, you know, uh, you oh, know, yeah. it, it, it happened. So, uh, just for full disclosure, I had a, I was on a, a, a friend, another friend of mine's a, a podcast. Uh, it's called Black, Black in Blue, right? Being black police officer in in a uniform, and so. Um, so we were on a podcast yesterday and he says, you know, we had the best stories. Cops had the best stories. And I thought, I mean, I don't even know if I agree with that, but, but I just kind of let him, I don't know if we do have the best stories, but, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I think that probably EMS or, or emergency room doctors and nurses have the best stories. I mean, they, I mean, they all start with us, but I'm sure that they get the, that they should, they get the, if I think, if you think about it, I think that they had, especially EMS, they probably had the best stories, but anyway, but anyway, um, so he says, you know, we had the best stories, you know, you know, we, my sound. Oh, can you hear me? I don't have sound. Oh, man. I was going to tell you. Can you hear me now? I can't hear you. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know why. <laughs> I think I lost my sound. I'm sorry. Uh, I can hear you. I don't know. Um, maybe you want to hit the refresh button. Let me type in. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Look at the screen there. Um, uh, all right, so I think she's. Uh, can you talk? Uh, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, no, you're gone. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Do you want me to call you back in? Do you want me to go yeah. back in? Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that, guys. So she, apparently she's having some technical difficulties. Yeah. So yes, that was an awesome story. It was it was hilarious. I think the guy actually got in trouble uh, for saying that. <laughs> what an awesome camp story. Bless you and, and your continuing service to the community. Yes. Thanks, Chris, for for uh, tuning in here. Hopefully she will be back. So I was going to tell a story about uh, I was on another um, podcast last night and uh, he said that you know, we as officers had the best stories. So and he says. Uh, he says. <laughs> he says. Um, yeah, we, we police officers are the best story. And he says to the, about the fire department, you know, what, what kind of stories do they tell? You know, hey, hey listen, remember that fire we, we put out last night? Remember that time we put water on that building last night? You know, trying to make trying to make fun of, of, of the fire department there. So uh, we all had a good laugh about it as uh, cops and all that. But, you know, I'm sure the fire department has really, really good stories, you know, especially those who are actually going in the houses or or doing the rescues, uh, um, cutting open the cars and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure those are. Those are great stories. So uh, when I started at the post office, I was one of the second groups of women to work there in Waterbury, Wilkin Prospect. We weren't welcomed by everyone, but we persevered. Women are capable. 
Okay. Uh, you got me now? Can you I hear me? I got you now, yeah. Okay, okay. So I was just telling a story about, about uh, how my friend um, was saying, you know, he's talking, we were all retired police officers there, and he says we had the best stories. And when we, um, you know, we, we can reminisce about our stories and say, you know, remember we did this, or, you know, this car was doing this, or this guy, we had to chase this guy there. And basically the fire department is, hey, you know, what, what we do last night, we, we, uh, we, we put water on that building. You know, that was the... So he's saying you guys didn't have any good stories, but but I but I, I don't think that that's true. I think you guys have plenty of good stories, we especially have really good stories. Uh, especially yeah, the different house you got to go into or the, the um, uh, cutting open cars uh, and all that kind of stuff. You know, we, the emergency we had a story. rescue. We had a story. Well, this is a crazy story. We have what we call the, the frequent flyers, of course, but um, and <laughs> we don't have frequent. This is this is one guy that is in my was in my first do, and he literally would like he would be high on something, and he would uh like scream and holler until the fire department shows up. Like he would literally scream and bang on this apartment building and bang on walls and scream, running down the hallway, just screaming, 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 until the fire department show up. And when we got there, he'd be like, "Hey, how are you?" and just be his normal self. And we're like, we're gonna take you to the hospital. No, I'm I'm good. I don't. Need, so you can't force people to go to the hospital. You know, you can't you can't make them go. And then he we would leave and he he wave at us bye, get back in the firehouse and he do it all over again. And he just bang bang and and the neighbors would call the police or whatever. Hey, I'm fine. And so it's just he literally was like insane. And he would some nights it was all night and some nights it was just a couple times a night. It just really depends. But he he was our like our resident like town crier. It was absolutely insane. Now you guys um were uh, the the first responders as far as as far as medical services. Is that is yes? That, okay. Okay. Yeah, we were first responders, and so we had a guy that um, didn't want to get out of bed. He wanted to get a glass of water, and he called nine one one. That's pretty funny. That's it pretty was funny. Cr- Crazy! My, I was a firefighter at the time. The officer lost his mind. He was like, "What?" He was like, "Don't you know that nine one one is used for emergency purposes only?" He was like, "I'm not getting out of the bed. I'm, I'm thirsty." Yeah, my officer freaked on that one. Then I had an officer. Another funny story. I had an officer who uh, there was an older, a beautiful black woman opened the door to the house, and we went. It was a beautiful home in my first due area, not recently, this is years and years and years ago. And we walked in and she says he's in the bed over there and he was in the bed as a, old, a much older white male in the bed, not uh, not feeling well. We're doing assess, patient assessments. And so the officer at the time said, uh, um, asking the woman, you know, what type of medications and what are all the information, the pertinent information. And, and, he, and my officer, now we're working the patient, is me and two other, me and one other firefighter and the officer says to the woman, "So is so you're the housekeeper." The <laughs> she she was like, "That's my husband," you know. And so I, you know, I'm sitting here trying to do what we're supposed to be doing with the patient without looking up because you know when you look up, you're like, "Yeah, you're just, you're just exposed." Just gonna lose it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like. <laughs> You said what? This woman, she went off. She was like, "How dare you come in my house and tell me I'm the housekeeper?" And it was crazy. So, yeah. Good stories. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. So Lorelai says, uh, "When I started the post office, I was one of the 
second groups of women to work there in Waterbury, Wolcott and Prospect. We weren't welcomed by everyone, but we persevered. Women are capable. So uh, women entering the workforce, I, I applaud you all, you know, as far as, uh, you know, breaking those barriers, those glass ceilings and all that. So appreciate I it. Say, I say, let's do it, ladies. And I say to my brothers, first of all, thank you so much for having me on this show, because if we don't talk about it, if we don't have the space and the platform to talk about the fact that we are capable, then everyone will keep the same mindset. So thank you for just having the open, open mind about this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I really do. I, 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 I stand behind women. I, I really do. I mean, Thank you. And, and that, I mean, listen, like I said, I have a daughter, she's 23 and I, I tell her she can do anything, you know, so yes. I want her to, she doesn't watch this very show, show. One of the things she should do is watch this show more often, but, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, kids uh, would never do that. yeah, <laughs> but no, she, she comes, she stops and gives me a thumbs up and then keeps it moving. There you go. Uh, there you go. <laughs> but but I, I you know I, I push that. I mean I, I and I believe it. You know I think that, that it makes every, everyone around us better. And, right. And right. Um, it makes homes better, and um, and uh, and all that kind of good stuff. So I'm impressed by you and your and what you've done and, and what weren't just there, filling a seat. Right. Um, pushing papers, but you want to be doing what everybody else is doing. And right. I think that that's all that everybody wants. Nobody wants anybody anybody there who's a slug. But you get there and you put the work in, and, mm -hmm. and that's what it sounds like you did. And you put the work in physically. Even even if people don't uh, move up the chain of command, as right. long as you just do, go there and do your job, and that's all mm -hmm. people can expect. And the same thing to, to Lorelai and the post office and to anyone else. Just go there and prove that you can do this job. Everybody, right. everybody thinks that we can't for whatever reason, because you're male, because you're female, because you're black, because because whatever he's too right. short too too tall or whatever but just go there and do, do the work do the job so um if anybody wants to get in contact with your camp how, how would they go about doing that absolutely so my camp is amazing so reach out amazing camp so girls future firefighter camp that's girls with an s girls future firefighter camp you can google it um also our email is Girls Future Firefighter Camp at gmail.com. And our website is, of course, www.girlsfuturefirefightercamp.com. Uh, this camp is amazing to empower young ladies uh, to, to think outside the box and reach for the stars. So, more than happy to discuss my camp with you. Um, currently, and for the past five years, my husband and I have, have paid for this camp ourselves. We don't have the city of Hartford's backing. It's not through a fire department that is paying for this camp. It's us. And so, you know what? The whole idea is to make, and this camp is free for young ladies. So if you know a young lady that might be interested, have her reach out to me um, and I will definitely walk her through the process. And so it's a great, great program for young ladies. So the whole idea is, um, when they go back to school, they say, what did you do this summer? Someone's going to say, I went camping. Someone's going to say, I went to the pool and the beach. Somebody's going to say, I put fires out. It's pretty cool. Very nice. Yes. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate the conversation. Thank you thank so you. much. Uh, thank you to everyone who's watched, who tuned in. Thank you to Chris uh, and uh, Lorelai and to everyone else who's um, uh, watching the show. We're going to watch in the future. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Best going forward. I appreciate right. it. Absolutely. Okay, everyone. Take care. Have a good night. Good night.